Buckle up for a new episode of the Greenlight Personal Training Business Podcast, a podcast built for gym owners, personal trainers, and fitness enthusiasts who want to learn how to open, operate, and scale a brick-and-mortar gym or studio. Your hosts, Jeff Larsh and Dan Vizentin, have been in the personal training, gym ownership, and gym mentoring industry since 2009, and they're here to share their experience, knowledge, and failures on everything gym ownership, marketing, sales, operations, and fitness concepts. This podcast is brought to you by Greenlight Personal Training, a fitness franchise focused on positive impact of the client, coach, and owner. Greenlight Personal Training, less clients, more impact. Open your own Greenlight Studio in your city today. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Jeff and Dan. In this episode, we talk to Jennifer Broxterman, who is a registered dietitian and sports nutritionist. She's worked with clients from NHL hockey players and Olympic athletes to everyday folks looking to eat and feel better with her first company, Nutrition RX. She is now the founder of Prosper Nutrition Coaching, a world-class nutrition certification designed specifically for gym owners and coaches. She's also a Foods and Nutrition University professor and writer for the world-renowned Precision Nutrition. We sit down to talk about Jen's story to entrepreneurship and some of the key strategies for attracting new clients. We also dig into the habits-based approach to nutrition coaching that she uses with Nutrition RX and now teaches through Prosper Nutrition and where Jen believes trainers are missing the mark with regards to nutrition guidance for clients. We hope you enjoy and as always, please like and subscribe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Greenlight Personal Training Fitness Business Podcast. And as you are very aware, we are joined today by Jen Broxerman. Thank you so much for joining joining the pod today, Jen. Um, Thanks. Just my my knowledge of you as a nutrition coach in this space, you're pretty much unrivaled from anyone that I know. You've done it, which I talk about a lot on on this show. It's like You've done it at the client coaching level, and now you're doing it as an authority, you know, for nutrition coaches. And I just find that to be, you know, very rare in today's world of coaches. Everyone seems Mm -hmm. to be just jumping at the, oh, well, you know, I've done it a little bit. Now I can go and teach people how to do it. But that's not the case. You've actually done it, and I love that. Um, And I know that you have an amazing story. I've heard you speak a few different times. Um, it's emotional, it's compelling, but I would love for you to kind of start off the pod by just sharing a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got to where we are today. For sure. So thank you so much for having me and thank you listeners for being here. So yeah, I'm a Canadian registered dietitian and sports nutritionist. I actually just celebrated my business's 13th birthday uh, yesterday or the day before. So nice. happy birthday, Nutrition RX. And it was a business I created out of a very scary teenage experience that happened within my family. So my dad had a heart attack on Thanksgiving Day. I was 16 years old at the time. And weirdly, the very first thing my brain did when we were driving to the hospital to say goodbye to my dad was, I think he's going to make it. And how can I help him pull through? And my brain instantly went to food in our environment. How can I make our food environment even more healthy, even more positive to make the healthy choice the easy choice? 
And so that started me down this really nerdy path of learning as much as I could about the connection between food and our bodies and mental health and physical health. Uh, My dad did have a full comeback. So that was really great that we almost lost him and didn't. And from there in university, I just, my passion was being as upstream as I could and looking at food, not only as fuel, but as a way to really take care of ourselves for the long run. And so I remember doing my internship to become a registered dietitian and it was all sick care. I just felt this huge disconnect by throwing tons of resources down the end of the pipeline and why was no one looking really upstream to look at how people, you know, got themselves in these predicaments in the first place. And so I remember doodling my logo when I was in internship and thinking about client-centered resources and ways that I could use analogies and metaphors to simplify nutrition. And so I just came right out of the gates and started my company. Um, Even though as an entrepreneur, so many people tried to dissuade me to go the safe route, you know, to work for the hospital or to get that very safe job with someone else. But I knew I would be holding back my ability to impact change at the level I wanted. And so I jumped in with two feet and didn't really know what I was doing, as many small business owners can probably relate. And I just started to figure it out as I went. And so that's how NutritionRx really came to be, was this close call with my dad's heart attack and working in the hospital feeling really inspired to be part of the greater change as much as I possibly could. It's an amazing story. I mean, I feel like many, if not all entrepreneurs kind of have this moment in time that kind of propels you forward into taking that risk or taking that step into starting a business. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and, and say that during your schooling as a dietitian, they didn't teach you much about running your own business. God, no, literally (laughs) negative advice. It was like how to be safe, how to be boring. This is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but I actually did a ton of unlearning when I came out of school. So one of the things that we were almost, I hate to use this phrase, but almost like brainwashed to believe is that we own the nutrition space and anyone trying to touch our turf was out of scope. So personal trainers were evil if they talked about nutrition and a nutritionist or a wellness coach that's trying to educate people on stress and sleep and food and movement was out of scope. Holy smokes, is that totally incorrect and, and wrong information. And so yes, dietitians can do that medical nutrition therapy and absolutely have the education to go into those medical diseases and talk about food. But today I view it as, please, we need more allies. We need more boots on the ground helping against the fight of obesity and chronic disease and sedentary lifestyles. The more helpers, the better. So that was one major thing I had to unlearn. And then the other thing was the lack of business skills. We just weren't taught pretty much anything to run a small business. And so I'm so grateful for the entrepreneurs who went before me that were willing to be mentors and guides and sounding boards and just friends helping me figure out my blind spots. So I love that about the entrepreneurial community is that you can really find some great people where you feel alone and isolated and anxious and overwhelmed and scared and all the things on the roller coaster, high highs and low lows. And it's nice to know you're not totally alone when you go through a journey like this. 
Right. So you you started with Nutrition RX, which ultimately is a client focused yes. um, nutrition coaching company. But now you're you've started Prosper Nutrition. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that business? Like, give me the sixty second kind of ele- elevator pitch for Prosper Nutrition. Okay. Bam. We're gonna go right into it. Okay. Got diagnosed with ovarian cancer a week after I turned thirty four. Thought I was going to die. I was given an 8% chance of living to five years. So I basically hopped on camera and started to record myself with my games, my metaphors, my resources, my activities to leave a library to one of my dietitians who worked for me. That little library became our onboarding training system to Nutrition RX. And other CrossFit gyms started to see how successful we were with motivational interviewing and client coaching. And I had a few coaches ask if they could go through my in-house training program to really learn from what we were doing. And I was like, absolutely, sure. If you'd like to come on through it, like happy to help. And so what was created out of urgent necessity with this cancer diagnosis and going off for surgery and treatment has now become this global nutrition coaching company to certify and train coaches all over the world to help them escalate or elevate their nutrition coaching skills and give systems and order and resources to busy gym owners and fitness professionals who know nutrition is important, but it's that important but not urgent category. So it just never seems to get done because people run out of time at the end of their day to build the programs and resources for the clients. So my first business is, yeah, uh, business to client. And my second business is business to business. Just out of curiosity, (laughs) is there one that you enjoy more? Like, have you become, you know, someone who now loves coaching other coaches, how to coach or where, where do you kind of find your passion now? Oh, it's so hard to give an answer of which do I enjoy more. I love them both equally. And what's interesting is I've always done two things at once. So for a long time when I had Nutrition RX, I was also a university professor. So I would teach a half day at the university and then do a half day at private practice. Mm. And I loved using my brain in different ways of being an academic and then being a feet on the ground clinician. And so now I love leadership and mentorship and guiding newer coaches or coaches that have some experience, but they want to level up. I love leading and it's really, really fun. But then I get sad if I'm too far away from client, you know, centered coaching as well. I think I'm a better leader and mentor because I'm still doing the direct coaching myself because I learn so much in those appointments from my clients. And that's my testing ground to try out Mm -hmm. motivational interviewing and my games and how I think about things. And then the questions I get asked by my clients prompt me and motivate me to build more resources inside the coaching certification. So they each are wonderful, but they each serve sort of a different need. So I can't pick. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't choose. No, it's all good. I think I think it's very valuable. I think it's also, you know, it's one of those things where you're keeping yourself in the game. You're understanding mm-hmm. the needs of clients as they are now that when you're coaching people to coach, you actually know the needs of their clients. So you're better able to actually service them. Um, yeah. So I, I like I find that very important for, for people to kind of keep their foot in the game if they're going into the business coaching realm. Um, so on that note of like businesses, one thing that every business, no matter what industry it is, they deal with um, one major problem and it's how do they find clients, right? And ultimately that starts with kind of building an avatar. Can you kind of walk us through what your strategies are for, 
you know, finding clients and building that avatar. We've got a lot of personal trainers that listen to this, a lot of gym owners. And one thing I know is that this is a problem they're trying to solve every single day. Oh, I love talking about this. And this is something we do a lot in our mentoring calls to help people that don't have a lot of clients yet start to get a full roster. And I can speak from experience because NutritionRx, we are exploding with clients. More clients than I know what to do with. We actually don't even do paid ads, which is such a compliment to the coaching that we do. Awesome. So I'm going to give some of my, my top tips. Number one is a very simple piece of advice I learned from John Goodman about the concept of marketing. And he breaks down marketing into two things. One, be amazing at what you do. Be so focused on the customer journey and the client experience. Two, tell everyone about it. So I think a lot of coaches are good at number one. They mm -hmm. really work on their skills, they hone their abilities, and they do deliver an amazing client journey and experience, but they don't tell anyone about it. So that second piece is your social proof, reminding people, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a girl, this is what I do. So let's now talk about social media to fulfill that point number two, is tell everyone about it. One way that I focus social media posting is around being the role model. And I like to be truly myself and authentic, but showing me breaking down those behavior change steps into my everyday life. So I'll chop up veggies on a Sunday and make a healthy veggie bucket front and center in my fridge, but I'll snap a photo with like messy Sunday morning hair and just show over and over walking the talk. I might take a walk with my dog and snap a photo showing, you know what, today at lunch, I didn't sit in front of a screen. I actually took a 45 minute lunch break and ate my lunch outside. And then I walked my dog around the block for 15 minutes and I feel really refreshed to go back in. So I like to show examples of what the behaviors we want to see in our own clients, but I don't do the whole Instagram can I be a little crude on this, but like mm -hmm. tits and ass and abs, like it's not trying to show off a body. It's not trying to look superior or better than others. I just try to be really relatable and healthy. And so what's interesting is every time I post what I call a role model social media photo, I get tons of private DMs or people that have been following me for a while being like, you know, I have been following you. You're really inspiring. I feel ready now to work with you. How do I get started? So that's sort of tip number one. Number two is don't make it all about yourself. Make it about your clients. So another type of social media post I love to do is just celebrating client wins. And as trainers and coaches out there know, this is called social proof. What your future avatar clients need to see is someone like me trusted someone like them and was safe and got results. Because if we think about what that purpose is of social proof, it's, it's, it's to reduce risk. Someone is risking their hard-earned money, their time, and their effort to invest in working with you. So what social proof does is it starts to reduce that feeling of risk or being scared or overwhelmed of, yeah, they're trustworthy. Other clients like me worked and trusted someone like her or him and got results that I'm looking for. So it doesn't always have to be before and after photos. For instance, I will talk a lot about results around eating more vegetables for my clients or having, you know, uh, healthier meals with their family or role modeling to their children or getting back into fitness or celebrating like a 5K or a 10K race. So I like to just show different models of social proof independent from the scale or independent from the before or after 
Because I think a lot of coaches think that's the only kind of social proof that counts. A third thing is I learned this tip from Seth Godin. So the marketing guru, Seth Godin, mm-hmm. Seth Godin, I'm not sure how to say his last name totally correctly, but he talked about, uh, I think of it as waterfalls and satellites. So a waterfall is like the social media feed. If I drop a rubber ducky into the into a river, it's going to go over the waterfall and get swept away in the river. And that rubber ducky's gone. That's what happens to those social media posts. They're there and they're gone. They're there and they're gone. And you have to keep dropping rubber duckies. But here's the cool thing about a satellite. You take the work, you build a satellite, and then you shoot it up into space and it circular orbits the earth over and over. And it continues to work for you. So it's a one-time launch and a long-term reward. Here are things that are satellites for your business. One, Google reviews. Google reviews are so powerful because they will stamp you with credibility. Again, people like me worked with someone like them, and I was so happy with my service. I was happy to leave a glowing review online. They will also make your website have way better SEO. So I have almost 300 five-star Google reviews from clients I've worked with over the years. But when I compare to other nutrition coaches in my community, I out-Google review everyone. Mm. So my other competitors have 20, 70, 12 Google reviews. Do you want to go with a person that has four Google reviews or 300 five-star Google reviews? So that's a satellite. And not hoping someone will leave you a Google review, I actually have a system. So I ask clients, never ask for the number, but just say like, hey, if you've enjoyed working together, I wanted to see if I could ask you a small favor, knowing that no is a perfectly acceptable answer. If you felt comfortable, would you mind sharing your honest feedback online about working with me? Like I know I read Google and Amazon reviews before I make important purchases. And just as a small business, that would be um, really appreciated and helpful if, if you wouldn't mind. And what I try to do is I do this when the client's in the honeymoon phase. I've worked with them a number of appointments. They're still so excited about the work that we're doing, and they are more than agreeable, you know, to give a a review at that point. So I don't always wait till the end of a package. It's when the person feels comfortable enough with you and is seen. Of course, I hope they see benefit every single time. But sometimes when you know someone for too long, it's almost like they forget the benefit or like it, it diminishes a little bit, but oh my gosh, you've like, I have so much more energy. I'm feeling better. I'm looking better. That's when you want to ask someone for their Google review, when they're the most excited about the work they're doing together. And then I email them a quick little link so that it reduces the friction. So it's very mm-hmm. easy for them on their phone to just hit the button and there they go. And then I have a follow-up system that if in two weeks they still haven't left a review, I send a very gentle, nice little reminder And most people like to keep their word. So when they get that follow-up two-week reminder, they're like, oh, geez, sorry. Yes, I've gotten busy. I meant to do it. I'll get it done this weekend. So I ask, I email, and then I email again if I have to. Most powerful satellite is to do that system. And then other satellites are things like blog posts, podcasts, YouTubes, things that you do once that have a more permanent effect of stamping themselves sort of on your website, on your YouTube channel, on your podcast station. So this is a satellite, right? A little bit more time and effort than a quick social media post. But as you keep building your podcast's uh, repertoire, people can get to sort of shop you and build their know, like, and trust for who you are until they feel ready to buy. So knowing that people have to stalk you for a while, the stalking is part of the buying process. 
So let your future avatar customers stalk you and give them different channels of how they can kind of feel you out and reduce risk. So Google reviews reduce risk, social media posts, especially social proof, show people like me, worked with someone like them and they had a good experience. And think about rubber duckies flying over a waterfall. We just need to send them down the river constantly. And then can you launch some satellites up into space that are going to work for you more than once? <laughs> I, I mean, that is incredible. I feel like we could end the podcast right now and like, you know, have a million trainers going out trying to get their reviews and get some more customers. Um, yeah. So with regards to nutrition coaching itself, I know that your like Nutrition RX takes a very habit-based approach to nutrition coaching for its clients, and that's yep. what Prosper Nutrition teaches um, right. coaches to do as well. Just in general, like where do you think that trainers go wrong with nutrition coaching? Mm, that's a really great question, Dan. I often think about coaches sort of falling into four tiers. So the tier I started with that I think many trainers are and they go wrong is I call it the parole officer of like, I know best, you're just going to follow my rules. Whether it's I'm telling you to eat these macros, I'm telling you to eat, drink this many ounces of water and body weight. These are the rules. Please follow them. And I mean, it can be done like rah, rah, nice cheerleader. But essentially parole officer coaching is I'm going to tell you what to do. And then you're going to meet with me and report back if you followed my instructions or not. And so what happens is you can keep clients motivated for about three months with that style of coaching. But most coaches, if they don't realize their parole officer, is their client engagement tanks around three mm -hmm. to six months in. And they just suddenly the client doesn't want to come in or they cancel their reoccurring subscription or they're starting to dodge the appointments or procrastinate or push back that often is a sign of parole officer coaching. So that's style number one, and it's not as effective as you think. Style number two is also ineffective in a way because it's the opposite of the parole officer. It's what I call the best friend. So it's the person that like wants to just sort of talk too much about life, even though sometimes talking about life is important with the nutrition coaching where you never really get down to business. Or it's that best friend who just is like, doesn't help the client I don't want to say the victim mentality because no pity parties, no victim mentalities, but it's like, oh, poor you, Les, life is so stressful. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, you can push it all back. And it's almost being too easy on them. Not that we want to be hard on our clients, but it's just letting everything slide. And ultimately, we are hired to be accountability buddies and supports and mentors and guides. So a guide doesn't sort of go like, oh, doesn't matter. Don't try it all. It's finding the right level of challenge. I think that's the difference between a best friend and a legitimate guide. The third style that's also ineffective coaching is I call it the all about me coach. It's the coach that's like, well, I did intermittent fasting and it was amazing. And you need to do a 16 hour window. I tried this. I went vegan and I've never felt better. Me, me, me. Or I had a really amazing transformation. I started CrossFit. I lost weight. I did this. I did that. And so, yes, it's excited. It's exciting to have amazing results for yourself. You should not be talking a whole lot about yourself. This is their time that they paid for. And let me give you an example. Imagine going to therapy where you're trying to work through a really important issue. Maybe you're getting a separation from your significant other. Maybe you had a near traumatic life or death experience. Maybe you are widowed and you just lost your significant other. And imagine if the therapist, all they did was talk about themselves in your therapy appointment. 
right? Like you're there to work on yourself and all the therapist is doing is talking about them. And accidentally that happens more than you would think in nutrition coaching because the trainer or the coach is so excited that they have walked this path that they spend too much time talking about what they did and not enough time asking the client what they feel ready, willing, able to do. So what I call the most effective coaching style is I call it the wise guide, not wise guy, like we're cracking wise guy jokes, the wise guide or the wise mentor. The wise mentor can hold the client's long-term values and goals in the forefront of their mind, but they can see a staircase that they're going to help the client climb. And they're going to be by the client's side each step of the way. They're going to ask a lot of questions to understand the client a lot better, their circumstances, their goals, their motivators, their barriers. And then they're going to not overwhelm the client. They're going to give them just the next little bit of advice or guidance to move that next rung up the ladder or that next step up the staircase. And I think really effective coaching can recognize that some people are on rung two, some people are on rung 78 of the ladder, and they're not given a cookie cutter. Everyone starts in the same place and given the next set of instructions equally. You're really reading the room and reading the client appropriately. You're giving the client space to advocate for what they want to focus on, talk about and work on. And then you're not being too hard on them or too easy on them. You're holding them accountable. You're being supportive. You're being non-judgmental, And you always have like a tool or a resource or a game, or that's what I like to think of, to get them unstuck, to help them just move that step forward. So yeah, we've got parole officers, best friends, uh, all about me and wise guides. And I've, I've seen the most success and longevity with client um, success is coming from wise guide coaching. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And yeah. I can see trainers that I've worked with or have worked for me, you know, and they all, you know, I've seen all of those that you just described. So I'm right. totally with you on that. So <laughs> now that you're kind of teaching, now that you're teaching that to other coaches, you're seeing a lot of, you know, what the next kind of um, realm of, of coaching is becoming in the industry. So how would you or how would you kind of describe what you believe the fitness, personal training, nutrition, coaching industry? You know, what's the next five to 10 years look like for that? How do you see change happening in this industry? Well, your your question is so timely because obviously with the release of chat GPT, there's a lot of people worried about it just becoming a commodity. So I actually see it splitting into two forks in the road. Fork number one is AI will be better than some of the low tier coaches who haven't worked on their skills, don't have a very high EQ, that emotional, um, motivational interviewing connection, technology might replace. So there hmm. will be cheap app-based coaching that will happen aided by um, artificial intelligence. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. But I also think we're going to see a split in the fork in the road where people are going to double down and actually be spending, willing to spend even higher amounts for that human personal touch. That, that coach that has those communication skills, the ability to meet their client where they're at, to not just treat everyone cookie cutter the same, because we've got AI that can write us meal plans and can treat everyone you know, the same and try to progress them along. So I think there's going to be an even greater need for coaches to level up their skills and be even more human. And so my favorite moments sometimes in coaching are when clients have a complete breakdown. 
And I don't mean that like, oh my God, I love it. I made them break down because we're having breakthroughs. So I keep a box of Kleenex in my office that we go through regularly. Like I buy the good Kleenex with the lotion because (laughs) people cry all the time. But what I always say about tears is tears tell us that we have hit a nerve. Tears tell us that we are talking about something that is really important and close to your heart. Tears tell us how much you care. So let's keep talking about this because we are on the right track that this is, you know, what's coming up. And then I often use a little metaphor of a seed. A seed stays just stuck as a seed if it allows itself to be held by that protective shell. But for a seed to become its greatest expression, a great oak tree, a beautiful flower, whatever it might be, it has to crack open and become completely undone. Its guts spill out. It gets messy. This is what change actually looks like. And so when that seed splits open and everything falls out, it becomes its ultimate potential of what it was meant to become into. So I think the coaches that can lean into motivational interviewing, client-centered coaching, good conversations that give people space to explore and come undone and have breakthroughs and come out and grow and build themselves, those coaches are going to be in such high demand. And that's what I see in my business is this is how Mm -hmm. I coach. This is how everyone on my coach, on my coaching staff works with clients. We have like 80 appointments a week that we're doing right now. Can't keep up. I closed six new clients on the phone on Monday. My phone rings off the hook. Our inquiries come in like crazy because our clients feel so safe and seen and heard and valued. And like they have, you know, they can advocate for themselves and they have space to explore. They just word of mouth tell absolutely everyone in their life, this is a really special place. So if you coach like a commodity right now and you're a human doing the commodity work, I think those humans are going to get replaced by technology. If you know how to really connect human to human, you're going to be so invaluable. You can't be replaced. I love it. That's so, my two cents. <laughs> yeah, the future is man versus machine. That's what you're telling. Yeah. That's what you're telling everyone. Um, we saw that coming, I think. Yeah. Um, but also onto that point, it's it's you know it's kind of what we have built Greenlight on as well is value and over delivering on value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's kind of, there's no really middle ground anymore. That middle ground of kind of like, just kind of show up, you have someone kind of guiding you, but you got to do most of the work yourself, but you're still kind of paying a little bit of a premium that I think is dying. And you're either mm-hmm. going kind of bottom cheap, do it yourself, or yep. you're going to really pay for the value and the coaches are going to be more educated and, and more valuable to the consumer than ever. Um, so I totally I agree too, with you like, on that. Coaches don't have to fight against machines. Like I want to give the mm-hmm. example of the calculator. I can right. do long division. I learned long division in grade two or grade three, but if I have access to a calculator, like use the calculator to get the mathematical answer faster. So I think those really skilled coaches use AI to help you write a blog post and then insert more of your personality into that base draft that the computer gave gave you. Use it to help you come up with a really cool marketing plan and then inject your true, genuine human personality into it. So I don't think it's like your like computers or technology versus humans. I -hmm. think the best humans that are going to thrive in this next period are the ones using the tools, not poo-pooing or afraid of the tools. They actually are embracing those tools in to make them better and more efficient. But then that humanness, those communication skills, the emotional connection is absolutely super important for those superstar coaches. 
The soft skills, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also learning how to kind of coach and deal with the new age person, right? Yeah. Everything that they're going through. You have to take on a skill set that gives you the ability to do that. So this was awesome, Jen. Now, I'd love for you to kind of tell us a little bit of, about what Prosper Nutrition is kind of up to right now um, and anything you'd love to tell our listeners that we haven't kind of gone over. Perfect. Yeah. So what Prosper really is, is like I said, it's a nutrition certification program for fitness, wellness, and nutrition coaches. We have almost like school, three intake or start dates per year. So we do a May intake of students, a September intake, and a January intake. We have uh, video courses of me on camera sort of teaching these motivational interviewing games, resources. So we go into the science of nutrition, but the majority of the course is those soft human coaching skills to really level up. What I designed it for was the busy gym owner who wants to help their staff get better at nutrition coaching. And so everyone gets like their own Netflix account to log in and go through the videos. And then we do one-on-one mentoring with each coach, each gym, so that we can practice those skills and make sure that we get some live reps in before you know going back out and improving the nutrition program at that gym. So we are actively taking students right now, if, if you're listening in May, but if you miss this cycle, we have a wait list through the summer for September or January enrollment as well. So I would love to work with any coach that really resonates with this idea of leveling up the human and the people skills. And it's modeled after what I've done for 13 years inside of Nutrition RX, where we just have more business than we know what to do with. So we've tested it. We know that this works. We know that clients get results and love it. And I just want to help gyms get there faster so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel or create hundreds of resources by yourself. They're just plug and play and ready to go, but it needs to be individualized to your gym, which is why we do the mentoring. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the most thorough kind of courses that I've seen. I know many people oh, that have done it and thanks. it's and definitely guess, the best in the biz. I should probably mention how to find me. That would be helpful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I was going to get yeah. to that. So you're good. <laughs> yeah. So Prosper Nutrition Coaching, uh, our website is prospernc.com or prospernutritioncoaching.com. Both, both will get you there. Our email is info at prospernc.com. And we're on Instagram at prosper underscore NC. So any of those will find their way back to me. And I'm happy to chat with coaches out there. Awesome. So I'm going to put all of that in the show notes as well. So you can take a look if you're driving, listening to this. Um, But Jen, thank you so much again for coming on with us today. It was a really insightful episode. And for those of you that want to up your game in nutrition coaching, make sure you go check out Jen and Prosper. Um, And we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks, John.